0: Kitchen Rudimental, a series in which chef and author Annie Smithers investigates the very basics of kitchen craft. Annie Smithers in my kitchen rattling the pots and pans. That's
1: just, I'm, I'm kicking the bucket, John. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling very, um, I'm feeling very ashamed.
0: Well, we were going to talk, as we did last time, uh, about about food memories, childhood ones in particular. I
1: know. And, I've and left... Annie
0: was going to tell us all hers.
1: Well, I will, but I was going to cook some of them, but I've left my box of tricks up in the country. Oh. I know.
0: What I... are we going to do?
1: Well, we're going to talk, talk through them. We're not going to rattle pots and pans. You can
0: just rattle them randomly.
1: Oh, rattle them randomly. See, there you go. There's the percussion section. Yeah, I, I, I think um food memories... Food memories are funny things. They stir up a lot of emotions. And I, like you, I have the ones that I hated. Like? Well, my mother used... There used to be a dinner on rotation at home that was pork chops. And the pork chops were sort of loin chops with the big fatty tails. Mm -hmm. And she had a particular penchant for roasted onions. And she would... she. The things I remember most about it is she had this beautiful enamel, you know, La creuset style baking dish that was sage green on the inside and white on the outside. And the four pork chops would sit in this perfectly. And they were great, big, huge, fatty pork chops. And she'd nestle in quarters of onions in between it and she'd roast them. And oh, I thought they were disgusting. <laughs> They were, it, the fat, you know, I now know technically that, you know, the fat hadn't rendered down properly and all of those sort of things. And
0: So what would you do to save that?
1: Well, I would cut all the tail off and I'd be that, that person that just ate the the you know nice loin piece out the of the You cut the tail off before the cooking? No I'd cut the mm. tail off before I ate them and I'd just sort of push that aside and I'd just eat the nice loin meaty bit and because I was hungry because I was greedy I'd sort of chew at the bone a bit to get every fragment of nice flesh off it but sort of not not want to eat that really fatty bit.
0: It's funny what you said though about a thing that was on rotation, and this is the thing about I think the families in which we grew up, and I wonder if it's still true.
1: I do wonder if it's still t- true that Did you would have things that would recur most Tuesdays. There were there was a, a standard rotation of dishes that would be paraded for dinner, and then obviously once there was the. Smoked cod, but that mm. never happened again, mm. thankfully. We, we
0: smoked cod, for those who are curious and didn't hear last time, was a um, memory of mine. A memory
1: of, yeah, uh, yeah. It wasn't, it's not every child's favourite memory, the smoked cod. The the things that I have very happy memories about is I was very fond of roast lamb, like Joy, but mm. my mother cooked hers pink. Yes. And... <laughs> She also made a lovely mint sauce out of freshly chopped up mint and a teaspoon of sugar and a bit of boiling water and a dash of vinegar, and that I I love the acidity. I love the vinegar Mm. component, the vinegar and the sugar. That is still a
0: delicious thing.
1: It is a delicious thing. It is a delicious thing indeed. And biscuits and slices and things. You know, so I think my favourite was uh, I think it's a Woman's Weekly one that was a. Jam and coke had a coconut topping on it and a shortbread type base to it, but we do have a beautiful you know, As Australians, we do have a, a lovely uh, history of baked slices and mm. yes you know, treat you know treaty things like pikelets, scones, hedgehog, yum yums.
0: So the pork chops rumbles. that that's 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 coming in number one. Or roast lamb.
1: Roast lamb's delicious. Yes. Roast chicken, which has always been my perennial favourite. I don't think... Your mum was a roaster. She did roast, yes. She roasted roasted chicken and she roasted lamb, legs of lamb. She obviously roasted the pork chops, but we never had... I can't remember other cuts of pork. Um, She roasted topside. And if we Mm. were having fancy people over, or if they were having fancy people over, she'd roast eye fillets. So she did do roasting... But I think when I was eight or nine, I think I, my requested dinner for my birthday was avocado vinaigrette. So this is nineteen seventy four or five or so. Yes. So avocado vinaigrette, <laughs> and we had special avocado-shaped dishes that the half avocado sat in. Isn't that a wonderful... Is
0: that just to pause you there? I mean that the fact that half an avocado. It was a wonderfully splendid thing to set before one's friends.
1: Yeah, and and you'd, you'd make a little cross-patch pattern in where the stone had come out, and you'd fill it with vinaigrette.
0: Now you just smash it.
1: Have you had an avocado vinaigrette recently?
0: No, I have not.
1: I think we should revisit it. All right. Yeah, it is actually the... And again, you know, I've spoken about the mint sauce, and I obviously enjoy that sense of vinegar... In a dressing but it is it's a delicious thing to take a spoonful of avocado and then you know drag it through the vinaigrette with its sort of fatty avocado and its texture and things and then just douse it in that you know more o- a bit more mm. oil and the vinegar and salt it's actually really delicious it's pretty
0: nice i mean it's it's they are splendid things to put together
1: they are, mm. and as a you know as we were talking about last time, is that you know these these basic foodstuffs move through our generations in very different ways, so in the seventies and early eighties we were eating avocado vinaigrette, then restaurants got all fancy and slicing their avocados and turning them into little turrets and things, and <laughs> putting prawns between them and you know you know prawn cocktails with avocado and but then now we have a generation that eats smashed avocado on everything for breakfast. So they start the day with avocado, whereas my mother's generation had it as a fancy dinner party thing in its own vessel.
0: And we shouldn't assume, um, listeners, the avocado vinaigrette, just describe the elements.
1: So a vinaigrette, you know, made of uh, a probably a not very strongly flavoured oil. In those days, I don't think my mother would have been using olive oil. It was probably, could have been peanut oil. Don't know. Vinegar probably would have been Cornwall's white vinegar. You know, again, or Cornwall's you know,
0: malt if you're being fancy.
1: True. Um, so just a proportion of vinegar and oil and salt and pepper in the vinaigrette. Possibly a little bit of Dijon.
0: You what, what would you use now if not those elements? Which...
1: I would use grapeseed oil and I would use champagne vinegar and I would put a little bit of Dijon in there and salt and pepper.
0: The neutral oil is a.
1: It's the neutral oil because mm. the avocado has so much oil in yeah. it anyway. So then I'd then so after the avocado vinaigrette, we'd have roast lamb and potatoes and mint usually with beans because that was the one green vegetable I actually liked when I was a child. Um, and again, mum mum would yeah the the outside of the lamb would be quite crisp and caramelised and the inside would be pink meat. And the potatoes would have cooked in the lamb fat in one of those heavy La Cruz baking dishes and be quite crisp. She has a damp hand at the roast potato. Um, and that would have been lovely. And then I would want chocolate mousse. Mm. Now, as I got older, my mother was kind enough to make me chocolate souffles because she could make those.
0: Did you have to order them bearing in mind the 20-minute waiting time? Yes,
1: yes. I'd have to say, Mum, do you do you think you can manage that for, you know, me and my little friends or you, me and my family? But the chocolate mousse that I grew up on was Elizabeth David's recipe for chocolate mousse, which is a very simple recipe, and it's for one ounce of chocolate. For each person, it's an ounce of chocolate and one egg. And you melt the chocolate, you... Mix in the egg yolk, you whip the whites, you fold them together, fold it into the chocolate mm. mix and you pour it into a little souffle dish or Paper a glass stuff. or something and you've got a beautiful, very simple chocolate mousse that mum would pipe a bit of cream on the top of and scatter with grated energy chocolate, Cadbury energy chocolate.
0: What would you use? Do forgive us, ABC commissioners, for this liberal use of brand names. But oh, yes. <laughs> what, what, what chocolate... Would would you deploy if the dark was going on as the sprinkle?
1: Well, in in the seventies, energy chocolate was. I remember there being as a child. I remember there being a distinction between that nasty cooking chocolate, mm. which is compound chocolate, and the energy chocolate, which was what was then recognised as the dark chocolate for cooking from the supermarket. So it was that, you know, that was as close as you get to sort of people using their 70% lint or whatever. So it sort of, and it didn't have any flavour additives, like I think the alternative was something called Jamaican Gold, which was a dark chocolate that another company put out, um, but that had a slight sort of rummish overtone to it. Mm. So, again, I have this real, real fascination with the history of food and... The availability of all of these ingredients through a period spanning sort of 50 odd years is that, you know, if we go, if we want to make a chocolate mousse now, is I can go to a supermarket or I can go to a specialty shop and I can buy chocolate buttons from anything in the dark range from sort of 50% all the way through to 87% and, you know, decide how brutal my chocolate mm. mousse is going to be in its sort of texture and flavor but those were not the options but it's interesting that it's a it's the simplicity of that chocolate mousse recipe is something that's stayed with me my whole life of that's how i feel a chocolate mousse should taste i don't want to have one that's full of cream
0: it's possibly you know we're, we're a bit spoiled for choice i mean if it's good enough for elizabeth david and she probably would have just use what was in the shop
1: Well, she would have used what was in the shop and what was in the shop in England in the 50s and 60s. It was probably not much. Well, probably not.
0: And and you think about that, actually. You think of England in the 50s and 60s and it's still a a fairly lean, especially in the 50s. Yeah. A chocolate mousse is a thing of...
1: Great decadence. Tremendous lavishness. As is a leg of lamb roast. Mm. So, again, it illustrates our in a sense losing because we we're so good at having everything all the time now in the modern world is it reminds these childhood memories remind me of when these foods were special they weren't an everyday thing they were special you know chocolate mousse was you know very special because it was french you know it wasn't a It wasn't something that was everywhere.
0: And I wonder, somewhat despairingly, how many modern childhood uh, food memories would would be franchise-based. They'd, you know, come from that favourite takeaway.
1: Well, I imagine that there is a lot of food that is now... You know, as children, we... I was very lucky to go to restaurants as a child, but for someone of my generation, that wasn't an everyday thing. So I have some memories of some fantastic restaurant meals, sort of particularly in my Mm. early teens and things. But now children's food memories are shaped by very different sources. They're shaped by advertising in a different way. They're shaped by multimedia exposure. They're shaped by sponsorship. I mean, you know, the only people that sponsored stuff when I was a kid was Benton and Hedges and and the <laughs> the drink companies, <laughs> <laughs> no, cigarettes cigarette and beer. So, so we have moved on. In so we'll take, have we moved on in uh, some way well, or well, not? Well, we
0: certainly changed. So here's a here's a challenge for, for modern parents listening. That if you want to create a, a a lasting food memory in your in your offspring, cook for them an avocado vinaigrette, a beautiful pink and externally crusty leg of lamb. And an Elizabeth David chocolate mousse. It'll stay with them for life.
1: Well, it might, but they might not like it. They might prefer to go to that fast food company. But, yeah, we can only try.
0: Eddie, thank you. Thank you for your powers of recall.
1: It's a pleasure, Jonathan.
0: (laughs) Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go... Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks all free on the ABC Listen app.